Welcome to PwC's Tax Readiness Podcast Series. This podcast is focused on state and local tax developments and trends in the asset and wealth management sector. I'm Aron Larone, a partner in San Francisco. I've been working on San Francisco taxes for over 22 years. And I'm Teresa Thompson, a partner in Los Angeles, and I've been working on the San Francisco business tax for about 12 years, and I'll be co-hosting with Arani today. On this show, we'll be exploring San Francisco business tax basics for asset managers. So, Teresa, let's start at the very beginning. Nexus. What are San Francisco's Nexus standards nowadays? So, the easiest way to determine if you're doing business or if you have Nexus in San Francisco is by looking at your physical presence within the city. So, maintaining a fixed place of business or soliciting business within the city, as well as employees performing work within the city for all or any part of seven days um, during a tax year is sufficient enough to establish an excess. Well, I guess if we're going to go a little bit new school, what about economic nexus, Wayfair? Has the city come, come into the current uh, century? Is it just physical nexus? Definitely. San Francisco is uh, very on trend. So effective for tax year 2019 and after, the city does have an economic nexus threshold of 500000 in sales to determine if a taxpayer is doing business. Uh, This was enacted by Prop D, which was passed by voters in November of 2018, so it's fairly recent. Well, so when you say 500,000 in sales, I know if I'm a widget maker, that's assuming I have customers that I'm selling 500,000, but what about like a firm like PwC or uh, a company that does services? How do they determine what's in the city? Great question. So to determine how to source services or other intangibles, the receipt sourcing follows benefits received. So for those familiar with California tax, it's very, very similar to how California sources. It's important to note that there is a discrepancy between sourcing for economic nexus, which determines the registration fee and follows benefits received, versus sourcing for certain professional service providers for the gross receipts tax itself. And that follows a different payroll apportionment percentage that we could get into. What about registration fees, and and when do you need to complete those, Teresa? So the registration period for San Francisco is a little unique, and it follows a fiscal year period of July 1st through June 30th. And the renewal for existing taxpayers is due annually before May 31st. Now, the registration for tax year 2021 has actually been extended for all taxpayers to the end of September, just given the COVID-19 pandemic. Wait, just to be clear, is it all taxpayers or just small businesses? It's every single taxpayer. So it's those taxpayers with $1,000 of San Francisco gross receipts or $100,000, $100 million, whatever, everyone. So when you say you need to register, like, is that for everybody for May 31st? And and, and when you do register, how painful are the fees? So, yeah, the key takeaways on the registration is that everyone will need to register um, or be registered within 15 days after starting business in San Francisco, um, and that's either under physical or economic nexus. And then for registration years after 6-30-15, The fee is based on your San Francisco gross receipts, and it ranges from $90 all the way up to $35,000. If you're a first-year taxpayer, uh, you've never filed before, you'll need to estimate your San Francisco payroll and gross receipts for the year when completing the initial registration, 
and the fee is going to be based on those estimated amounts. All right, so we've established Nexus. Talk to me about the difference between uh, what a taxpayer will deal with in 2020 versus you know, prior years. Give me a little bit about the tax itself. What is it composed of? Sure, so the annual business tax is actually easiest to think of in four separate taxes. There's the payroll expense tax, gross receipts tax, a commercial rent tax, and a homelessness gross receipts surcharge if you have San Francisco gross receipts greater than 50 million. So not every taxpayer is going to be subject to every single one. And then with the exception of the payroll expense tax, the tax base for the other three is actually determined on a combined group basis. All right, so let's start with the payroll tax then. I thought they were planning to do away with that tax. What happened? So they were. The payroll expense tax rate used to be 1.5% before tax year 14, and it's currently at 0.38%, which it's been at since 2018. The payroll expense tax is computed on a standalone basis for any entity doing business in San Francisco. And for AWM clients, that means you probably will have employees or partners working from or traveling into the city to perform services. A working time ratio, San Francisco working days over total working days, or sometimes you'll use hours, is applied by individual to determine their portion of San Francisco compensation. So just to be uh, clear, because I've, I've, I've seen this get confused a lot, you're not doing a total percentage for the company, you literally have to go individual by individual? That's right. It, you're supposed to go individual by individual and isolate their working time over total working time. Got it. The other item to note as it relates to compensation is that it's a pretty broad base. In addition to W-2 wages, this can include your board of director fees, fringe benefits, bonus comp, medical benefits paid on the behalf of employees, and even certain income earned by past-year entity owners. Well, and, so that's an, interesting, that's an interesting point. How do you figure that out for partners? Because partner comp is a pretty broad category. What are the rules around that? That's a great question, and this is where we spend a lot of time chatting with our asset management clients. So partner compensation is definitely going to include your guaranteed payments, but it may also include other gross receipt items from their federal Schedule K-1 if those items are deemed to be comp from compensation, if your partner is performing services, basically. There is uh, actually a safe harbor calculation that might be available to, to help determine your partner compensation if the taxpayer has at least four San Francisco-based employees. Well, how do most of the AW clients use the safe harbor? Uh, how is it computed? So, so most AWM clients do follow the safe harbor, and, and the best way to think about the safe harbor is actually as a ceiling for partner compensation. So. You, you'll include the lesser of the actual partner comp or the safe harbor amount in your payroll expense tax calculation. And then to calculate the safe harbor amount, it's 200% of the average top quartile's employee payroll. So a little bit weird and a lot to say, but basically, if your top quartile's employee average payroll is 200000 then your partner comp is going to be capped at double that, 400000 And Got that's it. what you apply to the, to the tax calculation. 
Well, talk to me about the gross receipt tax then. We've talked a lot about the payroll tax. Uh, I, I know gross receipt was what was supposed to be phased in. How's the gross receipt tax computed? Great question. Gross receipts will broadly follow what is considered a gross receipt for federal tax purposes. For wherever corporations are involved, uh, the combined filing will generally follow the California combined group rules. And um, for our asset management clients, since they're mostly in a partnership form, they tend to file on a standalone basis. In our experience, upon audit, the city has actually been pretty clear that only partnerships that have a corporate owner can be included in the combined report. So uh, effectively, if a corporation owns a partnership, they can be in a combined report. But if a partnership owns a corporation, then the partnership has to file on a standalone basis. Is that right? That's right. You've got it. Well, so with AWM clients and management companies in particular, you know, what is it, what's actually being subject to tax? Is it, is it all of their receipts, a portion of their receipts? Can you break that down for me? Sure, yeah. So, so practically speaking, all management fees are going to be included in the tax base. Portfolio fees, advisory fees, transaction fees, anything that's earned for service is going to be subject to tax. So uh, given sort of management companies, uh, I get it, you know, are there any exclusions though, uh, either for management companies or for GPs if they're registered? So the most common exclusions for, at, for the asset management industry are investment receipts and then receipts from the distributive share of partnership income that has not been received from the performance of services. Well, what are investment receipts? What does that mean? Investment receipts are going to include your interest, dividends, capital gains, um, or any other amount received on account from financial instruments. It could include distributions from other business entities, so long as it's from exclusively from the investment of capital and not from the sale of property or the provision of services to any other business or person. Well, what's the timing of the receipt recognition generally? So that one's pretty simple. It'll follow your federal income tax return timing. Got it. So one of the other taxes you mentioned was the commercial rent tax. And I know it was passed in 2018, June's Prop C, or what locally called Little C. And there was a lot of controversy about the validity of this tax, which we'll cover in a different podcast. But can you give us the basics? Sure. So the basics of the commercial rent tax are that it's an additional 3.5% tax on rents from all commercial property or 1% if it's from warehouses. The tax is going to be paid generally by the landlord, but we often see this pass through to the tenant. And it can mean a double tax on subleases. Let's just pause there for a second. When, when you say double tax, what do you mean? So if a tenant is subleasing out space, the tenant will owe commercial rents rent tax on that sublease, and then the tenant may also be passed through commercial rent from the whole lease by the landlord. Got it. Well, are there any exclusions from the tax? So receipts received from tax-exempt entities or non-formula retailers can be excluded, and a non-formula retailer basically means, you know, a retailer that has less than 11 stores worldwide. Got it. What about property taxes? Are those excludable? Mm, great question. So if the property taxes are separately stated um, in the lease or on the rent roll, then that portion may be excluded from the commercial rents tax base. 
So homelessness gross receipt tax, we still haven't covered that one. I know it was passed in November 2018. Locally, we call it Big C. What can you tell me about Big C? So Big C, or the surcharge on San Francisco gross receipts, actually only applies to those taxpayers that have more than $50 million in receipts. And um, the rate depends on the business classification activity of the taxpayer. So for AWM clients, the gross receipts tax rate for the regular tax tops out at about 0.56%. If you have gross receipts greater than $50 million, an additional 0.6% will be tacked on to those receipts which can basically double the tax for some of these taxpayers. And just to be clear, when you say $50 million, is that $50 million in general or is that $50 million sourced to San Francisco? That's definitely going to be just the portion that's sourced to San Francisco. Got it. Well, Teresa, thanks so much, and thanks for those listening on the podcast. Our next chapter will be SF Business Taxes Advanced Course. So after you finish this podcast, you might want to give yourself a break and then uh, gear up, grab some popcorn, and listen to it. And on that one, we're going to cover some hot topics around shelter-in-place, ongoing legislation, and litigation. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Make sure to visit PwC's Tax Readiness website where you can find our webcasts, sign up for PwC Tax Insights, and subscribe to future episodes. Mm -hmm.